0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to American Thought Leaders Now. Today, our very special guest is Senator Rand Paul. He's the ranking member of the Senate Homeland Security and Government Affairs Committee, and of course, also the author of the amazing new book, Deception, The Great COVID Cover-Up. Senator Paul, so good to have you. Great to be with you. Thanks for having me. You know, just very recently, you were in a hearing where you did some oversight around pretty serious free speech issues of uh, FBI Director Ray and uh, uh, DHA Secretary Mayorkas. What do you feel can come of this?
1: You know, to me, it's pretty important that we not have our government uh, participating and showing up at the offices of people in the media and saying, what you're saying is disinformation, you can't say that. That to me is a clear violation of the First Amendment. That's what this case Missouri versus Biden is about. Basically, they sued and said the FBI and the Department of Homeland Security should not be allowed to show up weekly at Twitter and Facebook and have things taken down. In the book, we talk about this because the theory that the lab, uh, the virus leaked from the lab in Wuhan was suppressed by Facebook for over a year. But the question is, is it being suppressed at the behest of government? And this is essentially government using its arm of government to stretch out and then use private industry to be their sort of outsourced censors. So this is a big problem and something that I continue to fight. I addressed it with Mayorkas and with uh, Director Ray last week, and neither one of them seemed to even be willing to admit that they were having the meetings. But right now they're forbidden from having the meetings, and Director Ray from the FBI finally admitted, yes, we're not having the meetings. Uh, But I don't know if that's good enough. I've been trying to get the minutes of those meetings, and I want to know exactly what's discussed. And uh, you know what kind of things the government is trying to do to prevent speech from occurring. Well,
0: one of the things that came out in Missouri versus Biden is there's a lot of you know you could call it cajoling or you know sort of the implied uh, you know regulatory effect that might happen if you don't do the thing that I need you to do, and that's you know that can be viewed as similarly to actual giving actual direction. Right.
1: But can you imagine if the mainstream media that doesn't seem to care about this issue, ABC, George Stephanopoulos, whatever, we have an interview and after the interview, he has a meeting with the FBI and the FBI says, we want to review the tape. And these things that came out in the interview, we think are misinformation and should be excluded. They would be horrified. They would immediately realize that that's an infringement, even if it was just a suggestion. We think you might want to, or we've looked at your content mediation rules, and we think this doesn't fly under your own rules. Maybe you might want to consider removing this from the interview. ABC, NBC, CBS would be horrified by this, and yet they don't blink an eye when this is happening at Twitter or Facebook and all of the other YouTube across the spectrum. Well, uh, I
0: I think you've probably at this point looked at Congressman Jordan's new report with the Weaponization Subcommittee. It's uh, the Weaponization of Disinformation Pseudo-Experts and Bureaucrats, I think is is the title. I mean, that shows a level of, let's say, coordination even pre-2020 election. Um, have, Have you looked at this?
1: Yes, and we're continuing to look at it, and we're working closely with uh, Jim Jordan on this. We have a bill to try to fix this the Free, Free Speech Protection Act, and Jim Jordan is the lead in the House, and I'm the lead in the Senate. And our bill would basically make it illegal for the FBI or Department of Homeland Security or the White House or the CDC, it would be illegal for them to meet with anybody in the media, not just internet companies, but anybody in the legacy media as well, or the print media, it would be illegal and they would be fired if they were found to be meeting to discuss, cajole, compel, coerce, uh, any kind kind of discussion to limit constitutionally protected speech. And we decided to use the wording constitutionally protected speech because the FBI pushes back and says, well, we talked to him about taking down child pornography. Well, that's against the law, child pornography. It's not constitutionally protected speech, so it's a good way of trying to divide out what the government can and cannot do because Christopher Ray pushes back and says, well, we go after, we talked to Facebook about putting terrorist posts, people are recruiting for Hamas. We want that taken down well, we're not objecting to p- stopping people from joining a violent group. So there are limitations on speech, but there is constitutionally protected speech. And me telling you that masks don't work or that your child doesn't need a vaccine for COVID, that is my opinion based on the way I've seen the science, but that is constitutionally protected. And in no way should the FBI or Department of Homeland Security or some outsource project to Stanford or some other or Berkeley uh, be allowed to coerce them to take
0: down my speech. Well, let's jump into deception because you know a core element of the deception was incredibly significant censorship. But actually, more than that, because it was the ability of the mechanism that can manufacture almost perceived consensus among us that something like a lab leak is a, just a toxic idea. We're not even allowed to think about that. Why don't you just give me the the, the thesis of the book? Like, what will people discover when they read it?
1: I think what is mind-boggling about this cover-up is how extensive it is and how virtually everything they said in private, they said the opposite in the public at the same time. Now, some of them will say, oh, our thoughts evolved and we were playing devil's advocate at this time and now, you know, we have discovered this. It's not so. In February 1st of 2020, Fauci and a group of scientists got together, both by phone call, Zoom, Skype, and they have a meeting And in that meeting, they all conclude, and in Fauci's word, he writes the summary of the meeting. He says, we've looked at the genetic sequence of the virus. It looks manipulated. It looks like it's been manipulated purposely in a lab to make it more infectious for humans. And we're doubly worried because we know that lab in Wuhan does gain-of-function research. Fast forward a year later, publicly to me, he denies fervently that there's any kind of has ever funded gain-of-function in Wuhan. So what he says in private is the opposite of what he's saying in public. And this went on throughout the spring of 2020. And then it turns out the scientists that are organizing many of these things are actually the scientists that were funding the lab in Wuhan. They actually have a direct conflict of interest because they are the ones that will be culpable. Same with Anthony Fauci. Why is he so wedded to trying to make you believe it came from the animal kingdom and not the lab? Because he funded the lab. If it comes out that he funded the lab and that that's where the pandemic arose, there's a certain amount of culpability he has for the pandemic. So they're doing everything they can to escape any kind of attachment to that money or to gain a function because it attaches guilt for the pandemic to them. What would you say is the
0: most surprising thing that you found? And I mean, you, you have a lot of skepticism about how all these systems work, but what would you say is the most surprising thing?
1: how extensive the cover-up was. It wasn't just Anthony Fauci and a few scientists, that it reaches throughout uh, probably eight different divisions of our government, eight different departments of government, that this had been going on a long period of time and they're still hiding this, that most of this is non-classified and still being hidden. You know, we finally got Democrats to agree unanimously in the Senate and in the House to declassify all the COVID documents and for Biden to reveal them. Since that, we've gotten zero pieces of information from Biden. Most of the stuff is already declassified. They're hiding declassified material. HHS and NIH have been more secretive and and hiding more stuff than the CIA does. We've had more forthcoming meetings with the CIA and the FBI and the Department of Energy than HHS. We've been asking for documents, and they'll send us a 250-page document with everything redacted, We finally got the Democrat Chairman Peters of the Homeland Security to sign letters and he signed letters four months ago and we've still got no documents. So this is really a massive cover-up, and I suspect it's because there's many more links to the funding and there was probably discussion of the funding. One of the colossal things that Fauci did that led to all of this is that Fauci decided not to have the safety committee look at this. They went around the safety committee, the money goes to Wuhan, and the safety committee never reviewed it. And who he, say, he says, well, I had dozens of scientists up and down who told me it wasn't gain of function. Well, then we should see the minutes of those meetings where the discussion happened. I wanted to see the discussion over was it safe or unsafe to send this money to Wuhan. And if he says all my scientists told me it wasn't, I want to see the dialogue. I want to see the arguments the scientists made for why we should have been doing this dangerous research in a totalitarian country. In a lab that was of a lower safety level than almost every scientist in the world agrees they shouldn't have been doing it there and then to to make matters worse when it finally happens when the accident happens you know china of course covers all of it up and won't admit to anything it took them three months to admit that there was a contagion and even then they said it wasn't going people to people for another two weeks until they couldn't deny that Uh, so at every step of the way there's been a cover-up that began in china but the surprising thing was how extensive it is in our country and how our country circled the wagons to prevent knowledge much as they do in a totalitarian country like China. Yeah, I mean it's 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 absolutely astonishing. You know You
0: had a pretty unique role that you played, I think, because by my observation, Dr. Fauci was incredibly effective at avoiding kind of having in public to speak with anybody who might challenge his view. You know, he said, you know, I am the science, these kinds of things. Of course, you actually, you know, challenged him publicly and perhaps had the, had the I don't know intellectual maturity to not be intimidated by him because he is actually very intimidating. Can you tell me a little bit about that experience and and just was, was there anything unexpected that came of that?
1: You know, we write about this in the book. When I started out with Dr. Fauci, I was completely neutral. I had no opinion of him. I really, frankly, had never heard of him other than a few press conferences. The first meeting I have with him in the first exchange, I asked him whether or not steroids might be used in the very sick COVID patients to rescue them from death. And he poo-pooed it and said, we've looked at that and it doesn't work. Well, it turns out a year later and at, towards the end of the pandemic, the scientists have discovered that the one treatment that saved 36% of the people, reduced mortality by 36% for very sick people. We're talking about people in the ventilator or close to the ventilator was IV steroids. So he was completely wrong on that. That was my first indication that he was not a truth teller or that he wasn't very competent. But then about a month later, we're in the spring of 2020, the data coming out of China is that kids aren't getting sick and they aren't dying from this. And I challenged him with it because they're already beginning to lock down the schools and become hysterical about children. And I challenged him with the issue of children. And once again, he goes off on a track. It sounds like sort of the CNN hysteria track And he goes off saying, oh, kids are dying from multi-organ failure and all this stuff. And it just wasn't frankly true. When we looked at the statistics, it turns out that there are kids who die from this uh, Kawasaki type of disease that you can sometimes get in post-viral situation. Turns out it was less than it was before the pandemic and COVID doesn't have an increased rate of that. But that's the kind of stuff he would mouthpiece just to scare people, to get people uh, able to accept his edicts of lockdown.
0: Uh, Senator Paul, you know, he said, I think, pretty clearly in one of these oversight hearings that, that he was not funding gain of function research. I mean, I think you present in- incredibly uh, developed evidence in your book that there was gain of function research being funded. Um, so, are there any ramifications of this, or what, what, how, how do you see this uh, con- contradiction, seeming contradiction?
1: You know, it's against the law to lie to Congress. So we've referred him to uh, Merrick Garland, to the attorney general. We haven't had a lot of luck. Uh, Merrick Garland's not paying attention to the referral, but he did lie to Congress. And there were many people under the Trump administration that they went after and they arrested them at seven in the morning in their underwear and drug them out in front of their families with 17, 20 FBI agents. So they have arrested people for lying to Congress before, but it seems they won't if it's one of their own. And this is a real problem on whether or not it was gain of function. If you take two viruses and you take the genetics and you combine them to create a virus that doesn't exist in nature, and it's more lethal or more infectious, that's gain of function. It's no more complicated than that. But if Anthony Fauci were sitting here, he'd say, well, bat viruses can't be gain of function. It can only be human viruses. Well, who says that? And it didn't say that in their definition, but we do know that when I was debating him over this, the day before his next testimony that he came before us with, they changed the definition. They simply went on their website and typed in a new definition to try to define a way gain of function. In fact, they don't even use the words gain of function anymore. So they really, it's always been about trying to escape from the truth and obscure their role in this. And it's all an elaborate cover-up. and they're all self-interested. And this is the main thing that the mainstream media doesn't get. They think he's a disinterested scientist who just wants what's best for the country and he's a grandfatherly figure. He wants to cover his tracks because he doesn't want history to judge that a pandemic came from a lab that he that he funded. But he's not going to get away with it. I think over time, you know, in 2020, he was getting away with it. In early 2021, he wasn't. But then many people started writing about it. And I think ours is a great compendium of all of that. But there's another book viral by Alina Chan, a scientist with Matt Ridley that was a great book on this. Uh, Alex Berenson has written on this. Uh, there's a book by Sherry Markson, Whatever Happ- What Happened in Wuhan. There's all kinds of great books on this. And so I think history's gonna treat him much more um, severely than he thinks. And my goal though is not just about his judgment in history. My goal is to try to prevent this from happening again because they are working with viruses that have 50% lethality. If they make a virus like Ebola aerosolize, where it spreads through the air and it escapes from a the lab, they could kill half of the world. So this is, this is a discussion to me that's as important or more important than nuclear weapons. And, and it needs to be treated that way. And the reform will have to be that we're gonna have to treat this research as if we were talking about enriching uranium. I mean, this is a big deal that has to have many more safety protocols on, or we're gonna suffer this same thing, but it could be much worse the next time.
0: Senator, as we finished, one quick question. Something caught my eye in the book, and I'll I'll just read it to you very quickly. To those who disdain the moniker deep state, they fail to understand the nature of the epithet. As we finish, can you quickly explain the nature of the epithet?
1: I think the left thinks that by deep state, we mean evil men running their hands through the gold saying, ha ha, we're doing this and enriching ourselves. Whereas the deep state really is maybe more mundane. The deep state is The longevity, and Fauci would be a great example of this, decade after decade, president after president, who develop their own sort of policy preferences within government. They're not elected, but they form something that becomes the deep state and the apparatus that is a government of its own in essence. And it's part of the executive branch because the executive branch has grown, and the legislative branch hasn't tackled this or tried to limit it. But the deep state is out there, and the deep state has its own incentive, and it's it's longevity, and it's not getting caught. So the deep state is at the heart of this conspiracy, but it isn't that that some of them don't even know each other. Some of them have never met each other. But the thing is, if you funded research in China and it was gain of function or looks like gain of function research, what do you think they're doing right now? They're trying to hide it from me and they're trying to hide it from the American people, even though they've never met each other. So there are hundreds of people. George Carlin, the comedian, put it best. He said, conspiracy theories are not necessary where interests converge. The interest converging is if you funded gain of function research, you're busily trying to hide it from the American people now. And I'm uh, steadfastly trying to get that exposed and I'm going to continue. Well, Senator Rand Paul, it's such a pleasure to have you on. Thank you. Thanks for having
0: me.